Well, last week we began a series from Psalm 25, and we will continue with just one verse. We looked at briefly verses 1 and 2, so we'll look at To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Lord, we come now to humble ourselves before your word. We thank you for the gift and the treasure of the gospel and of the word of God. We submit to it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I began last week with an overview, Psalm 25 is a prayer for primarily three main requests. First of all, David is praying for forgiveness and mercy from the Lord. He is praying for deliverance from his enemies, and he had many of those. And he is praying for uh, instruction in God's way. Lead me in your, your way, he prayed. And that is all based on faith in the tender mercies of our covenant-making God. He trusted in the tender mercies of his covenant-making God. And I mentioned that it was a chiasm, and so the A parts are verses one through three, which we're looking at today, and then verses 19 through 21. And mostly they talk about, it's a contrast between the righteous and the enemies of God. And so we are in this first section, uh, first A section of the chiasm. Now in verse one, King David was lifting up his soul. He was offering himself, in a sense, in submission. He was lifting up himself like an offering of incense uh, before the Lord because he trusted in the covenant of grace. He knew he could come to the God of all grace, to Jehovah, and offer himself that way. And he cried out, oh my God, I trust in you. And because he had faith in the covenant, faith being a gift of from God, a gift of God through the work of the Holy Spirit, he could pray that he would not be ashamed or he would not be defeated. He would not be overcome by uh, the ungodly, by the enemies of the Lord. But in fact, that he would be delivered and he would be delivered for the glory of God. That was his heart's desire. And he cried out, he lifted up his heart, he lifted up his soul in prayer and he said, let me not be ashamed, let not my enemies triumph over me. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, number 26, tells us uh, that we are reminded there that in his office as our king and as the king of kings, our Lord Jesus subdued us to himself. Praise God. He subdued us to himself. What hope would we have if he had not done that? He subdued our stubborn and our willful hearts and he preserved us then from destruction. Praise God. And he exercises his kingship in ruling. He continues to do it in ruling us and defending us. Again, praise God that the almighty king rules us and he defends us because we can be unruly, but his spirit overrules. And we are weak and we need defending from enemies too powerful powerful for us, even when sometimes we think we can do this. And praise God that he restrains and he conquers all his and our enemies. David had political enemies and he had military enemies. We have those not as overtly, I suppose, uh, as he did. We do have wicked political and military systems, 
uh, that seem to be joining together in our age. But like David, we all have enemies that we face. We all have enemies that we have to battle, which we were reminded of last year as we focused on spiritual warfare. There is the enemy of our remaining sinful nature, the old man, the unsanctified part of our lives. There is the world and all its ungodly systems and its philosophies. And there is, of course, the demonic. Now, David knew he could pray that the enemies he faced would not overwhelm him, in other words, or triumph over his defeat, or in other words, bring him to shame. That's what that expression means. He knew that the Almighty God cannot be defeated, and our mighty God enables us to defeat our Goliaths. Lord Jesus triumphed over all his and our enemies through the cross and through the power of the resurrection. And then in verse 3, David prays for all the people of God, all those who wait on the Lord in faith that they would not be ashamed or defeated. Verse three says, indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. In other words, for the sake of your name, may it be so. May they be saved. He concludes this verse with an imprecatory prayer. He said, let, let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. They're the ones who should be ashamed and defeated, and they will be. In other words, may the defeat that they, the enemy of God, intended to bring to me the plans treacherous people sought to carry out on me or on us without cause be upon them. May they fall into the pit, pit which they have dug for the people of God. As we prepare to partake of this table of the Lord with the Lord of glory, who is the Lord our King, let's come rejoicing that our King is on his throne and he has all power and might to defeat the enemies we face, whatever they may be. And he continues to lovingly rule us and defend us. Praise God. As conquering king, he makes us more than conquerors. Let's come rejoicing to the table now with that thought. Let's pray. Lord, we worship you as our king. And we come to commune with you in joy because you have delivered us from bondage and from destruction. And we also rejoice that you continue to lovingly rule us as your people and to deliver us from enemies, that they will not triumph over us. And Lord, we give you praise that we are now more than conquerors because of your love for us. And we receive these elements now that remind us of your sacrifice for us. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, our King, amen.